Hi, this is Felix, and this is the Afro Nomad Show, a podcast about unheard stories of people on the move. This is episode three of our first season. Took a mini break going through job changes and all, but now we're back. Today, we're joined by a good friend of mine, Tendai Mochikiwa. I met Tendai back in 2011 at a USAP conference. USAP stands for United States Achievers Program. It's a program we both went through to apply to colleges in the U.S. He did it uh, in Zimbabwe and I was doing the program in Malawi. In 2011 was the first time we met. I'm really excited to have Tendai on the show today. Um, one thing I should say is uh, <laughs> our conversations get deep very quick. So you want to listen in closely. Just a quick reminder, you can find us on Instagram at the Afronomad Show, or you can email gonewith.bees at gmail.com. This is our space to learn and share our stories, so don't be shy. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Tendai Muchkiwa. But anyways, uh, thanks to uh, thanks for uh, taking time to uh, to chat. Welcome to the Afronomad Show. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, um, yeah it, this is actually my first time being a guest on a podcast, so I, I hope it goes well. Oh, yeah, it, it will go well. Um, so how are you doing, man? Me? Um, I mean, I'm okay. Uh, that's, always, that's always an interesting question, uh, because you never, you never quite know how much people want to know, you know, like, how are you doing? You know, yeah. you can tell them that like, yeah. you know, for, for, for small talk, you can be like, I'm doing okay. Um, then, yeah. you know, you, I guess us being friends, um, you know, I can just say, yeah, it's, it's been a tiring week. I'm happy. I'm happy as the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. It's generally I'm okay. I'm doing okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's always strange for sometimes, uh, um, I've had instances where you ask someone else, and then yes, they just tell you, oh, I'm good. And then it ends there. Uh, <laughs> and then sometimes you have other people, you ask them, and then they go on to actually tell you how they are doing. And then mm-hmm. some people say, mm, did I want to know everything? <laughs> so, <you> know, I've <laughs> seen a meme about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, I was just expecting I'm good. But I think mm-hmm. it depends with the relationship you have with people. Uh, so it could it could mean different things at mm. different times yeah um anyways um so in, in the in the past at least the last episode i was talking to one of my friends from uh i went to school with them to okay. st lawrence and uh when i started this um i was mainly trying to explore um that part of uh small history uh <laughs> my own personal history and then in that understood that like several people also might have a sort of a similar story so mm-hmm. just continuing on that theme uh, and for him because we went to same school our sort of experiences were somewhat similar uh really close uh because sort of you interacting in the same environment so i was just curious uh, at least for you coming from zimbabwe how was your college experience like College experience or the experience of going to college? Uh, both of them, starting going to, to college. So you can also mention where you went to school. I forgot to 
that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> that's that's that's, yeah. that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, that's I think that's like yeah. an important important detail. Um, so yeah, you, you probably know this. I went to Kalamazoo College, which is in southwest Michigan. A very mm-hmm. a very tiny school. I think when I was there, um student the student population ever topped fifteen hundred. And oh, wow. I think in my graduating class, there were only less than 400 students, if I'm not mistaken. So I actually, yeah. um, you know, senior year actually bought a Bierstein with um, the names of everyone from my graduating class, because that's how small we were as a school. Like everyone's name in your graduating class yeah. can, fit, can fit on a, on a, on a beer mug. Um, but yeah, it, mm-hmm. it, it, was a, it was in Michigan. And... Mm-hmm. I am I'm from Zimbabwe. I grew up grew up in Zimbabwe. And I think mm-hmm. I don't know, you, did you did you go to a mission school or like a boarding school? Yeah, I did. Back home yeah. I did. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I also, you know, came from I guess that that background of having spent, you know, 6 years in a very like in a predominantly boys school boarding setup. Um, got the mm-hmm. opportunity to apply to the U.S. And what was actually interesting, kind of funny actually, was that mm. Kalamazoo was the last school I applied to. Um, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so it was one of those you need to, you need to, you know, you need to apply to four schools. That that was the that was a requirement, requirement? for 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 the USAP okay. program. I don't know if your listeners are familiar with the. With that program, but um, so I had to apply to four schools. I applied okay. to Stanford, Lafayette, uh, Lehigh. Um, yeah, Stanford straight out rejected me. They even sent me like a like a very I guess very nicely worded email say essentially like it's not you, it's us. You know. No oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> the other, the other, the other. <laughs> The other two schools, um, mm-hmm. they essentially say they don't have enough money um, to, okay. yeah, to offer me a place. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that one school, you know, Kalamazoo, which I, the first time I had heard it, I wasn't even sure it was in the U.S., ended up being mm-hmm. the school that was really excited to have me. Like, the correspondence was great. And, yeah, I was admitted. And September of 2010, I found myself traveling to, to the U.S. for the first time. And I will say I had very realistic expectations. I had interned at the Education USA Center in Zimbabwe, in Harare. Okay. So I had met a lot of mm. return students and they told me about, you know, life in the U.S., what to expect. So I had realistic expectations of I guess what school would be like but mm-hmm. I guess you know I saw this question like you sent it to me early on I was just trying to uh, relive that that moment and yeah there was a lot of excitement um, mm-hmm. I was also broke I remember <laughs> and right. uh, yeah because because I because because you know you know you're just coming from you know Zimbabwe and you know you, 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 from humble beginnings really um, yeah, yeah. I did not have a phone and that's another thing I was thinking about mm-hmm. like now when I travel I can't imagine traveling uh, whilst having no way of communicating where I am like I did that mm-hmm. when I traveled to, to the US for the first time 
And that's, yeah, that, that was really uh, something that looking back, um, yeah, I'm not sure I can pull it off. And it actually came, <laughs> it actually was an issue because my flight got delayed when I got oh, to damn. DC. And mm. I, so, so luckily, there was someone I saw at the airport around like in the same terminal who was wearing the mm-hmm. cricket jersey from Zimbabwe. So I just oh, went wow. up to him and he happened to be Zimbabwean and he allowed me to use oh, know, whether his laptop or phone um, to communicate that the, the flight was delayed. But yeah, wow. yeah, it was quite, quite, the, quite the experience. But yeah, it mm. was just a lot of, you know, new experiences. Um, I was excited to be there. You know, I had, you know, really taken the initiative to try and study abroad, study the U.S. So for that to mm-hmm. actually happen, you know, it was, it was, it was a great moment. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess getting, arriving on campus and actually meeting other students. I don't know. It's, it's, it's like you're here, you know, you know, you, there are places you've heard of, um, but you've never lived, um, you know, you never lived in. And once you're right. there, you, you, you're just periodically having those moments where like, I'm here, you know, um, mm-hmm. and I'm not quite sure when the transition happened from, you know, you're still very excited. This is a new place to like, this is my life. Because at some point that happened where you're just like, this is my, <laughs> this is my day to day now, you know, right, right. Um, but I'm not quite sure when that, that switch, that switch happened. But yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was great. It was great. Um, the year I went to K, they were really trying to increase the, you know, the number of international students. I think we were about 9%. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of international okay. students. Um, two other um, Zimbabweans, like four-year students in my class, as well as another Zimbabwean coming from AU as an exchange student. Um, mm-hmm. So there was like a, a sizable, I guess, international student community on campus. So yeah, it was it was it was a it was a great it was a great time great time really first year in terms of transitioning, um, mm. but the winter the first winter was bad. <laughs> <laughs> like what was the flexibility around picking the things you wanted to study for college? So, I guess I switched. I switched gears a bit. So I think when I was applying um, to college, I wanted to do computer science and maybe psychology. I think those were the two. Very random. Like, so I'd never done um, computer science in, (laughs) never done computer science in high school. Um, Mm. So I was keen. I I didn't even know what it entailed. So, but I thought Mm. it was cool. and yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do CS. And I also, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm blanking now. I want to do psychology, but maybe it was just one of those, those teenage whims. They're just like, yeah, I want to do this. It sounds cool. Um, <laughs> but, when I, but when I got to college, I did, I did end up studying computer science. Um, okay. But for the longest time, it was computer science and physics. Then, so I actually I declared computer science and physics but as a double major as a double major okay but eventually as i took more and more physics courses i realized i do not enjoy physics 
Um, okay. I probably was just doing physics because, you know, I think it's like that sunk cost fallacy where you've invested so much right. in learning a particular, you know, learning a particular field, you just can't let go. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's really what happened. But luckily, I guess the cool thing really, um, at least from, from, you know, where I went to school is that you have that, you have that space to change your mind like you know people mm. don't care you're you're in charge you're in the driver's seat you can just wake up and say hey i don't want to do this anymore and people are like oh cool um so i ended up ditching physics and taking on math which okay. i yeah which i had enjoyed for the longest time i mean i just figured mm. you know i'll just major in that as well um the funny thing though is that after graduation you know, mm-hmm. looking back, I should have just done one major. <laughs> like, yeah. Looking back, I was just like, you know, I didn't, like, not, not to say that I didn't enjoy doing math, but, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's uh, all you need is one major to, to, to graduate. But I did enjoy, you know, the, the, like the, the math department at our school had very, very, like, awesome professors. So there no no regrets yeah. there. What would you say is the most memorable experience, like you know, in in your college career, undergrad? That is most memorable. Yeah, like anything random. Um. Wow. I mean, there, there there's the, there's a few. Okay. Uh, um. Like there's there's the you know I had the moment where everything came together for me. That okay. was that was that was huge. So. Yeah, but I was trying to think of an example, you know, outside of outside of, like I, I guess I'll I'll I'll, I'll tell you tell, tell you the the one about, yeah, when everything kind of meant meant like you know came together for me. So when I was applying for college before I even left Zimbabwe, there was all this talk about you know critical thinking. You need to be open minded, mm. and you know it does not make sense if you have no like, prior history or experience with it, it's all just mm-hmm. words. It's all right. just um, <clears throat> things that someone's telling you, but you really have no, you don't, you don't own it, you know? Like you have no personal experience tying yourself to those things. And I remember my senior year now, um, where I was, I guess I was just branching out and taking a political science course and you know the professor was you know very good professor it was an international relations course we were talking mm-hmm. about the second world war and right. how you know um stalin had signed the non-aggression pact with with like you know with with german i think in either 38 or 39 mm-hmm. and essentially you know germany had promised not to attack the soviet union Right. But then Germany attacked and yeah. Stalin actually kind of had a nervous breakdown mm. and was not able to reconcile how this person, you know, who I'd gone into an agreement with um, right. had just gone, you know, had just like done the opposite. And yeah. that was like a, a failure in critical thinking and mm. 
at that moment, you know, the professor went on to explain that, you know, critical thinking and what you're trying, I guess what we're trying to learn when we go to school is that, you know, it's not about, we're not just trying, I guess, to regurgitate facts or to just uh, be able to do all these computations, calculations. What you're trying to develop as an individual are these different models for thinking that you can apply to a situation and say, hey, the, what this person is saying, like, you know, it makes sense. I will correct what I like, you know, my current view of the world based on what I've learned or what this person is saying, you know, like I hear them, but it's not correct. I will maintain the view that I have. Um, and that's how you, you know, you, you, you develop, I guess, like, that's how you become a critical thinker. You just weigh ideas on their merit as opposed to, I guess what I think I even still have a bit of this where you can have you can hold contradictory ideas in your in your head without thinking because a lot of times you know the way we process information or the way we learn someone's just telling you stuff you know and you right. don't really spend the time to sit back and think through those things and really weigh what's what's true and what's not so that was a moment where I guess now as a senior I was like, yeah, you know, this makes sense. Cause now I had, I guess, three plus years of being in this system, um, mm -hmm. having interacted with folks from, you know, that's one thing I, I guess I loved about my experience in the US growing up in Zimbabwe, fairly, mm -hmm. I guess, not, not that diverse really. Like, you know, yeah. um, and when I went to college, you go from reading about certain people, certain cultures, to actually interacting with folks from there. And mm. it's not that you you have these conversations where you're talking about your cultures, but you just hear their viewpoints, you know? Right. Um, so now as a senior, I was able to really appreciate what the, the professor was saying at that point in time. And I think since then, and even up until now, that's kind of my, my approach. Like, you know, I just try to, to hear what you know i'm i'm not afraid to change my mind that i guess that's that's my point that's what that's one of my greatest takeaways from college yeah and i think it said it said i think you touched on a really powerful um idea that the whole flexibility of actually being comfortable to change your mind sometimes it seems like um really obvious thing or a cliche thing but i think there's so much power in the just ability to say, you know what, I, I want to change my mind, and 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 I think I think if I uh, was equipped with that uh, earlier, uh, even with uh, you know even starting college, just understanding that there's power in mm. changing your mind, I think um, my I think my my whole experience through college would have been even different. But this is hindsight bias now, knowing, yeah. knowing what I know now. Um, but yeah. yeah, I guess, yeah. Also, um, it's hard. Like even like now, I guess I have, I have the intellectual framework for thinking about, um, you know, analyzing ideas. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, I guess recently I was talking to a friend and they confronted me on, I guess, a theory I was proposing on how, I guess, education is it's not it's not it's not my theory, but it's a theory I believe in that education is compound interest. Like mm. it's so important to get the foundation right 
and to make sure it's early because things keep building upon each other, you know? Um, So it's, you know, once you're, once you're lagging behind base, maybe because your education system or your circumstances, it's very difficult to catch up. Um, And this person was essentially, you know, debating that, that idea. um, And it took me aback. Like it's not comfortable, um, but I appreciate that because, you know, you start to see the holes in your, you know, in your argument. But yeah, it's, it's, it's one thing that I will say, you know, because I feel like we're getting all rosy about, about <laughs> college. Like, no. um, yeah. yeah, I guess from an, from an education point of view, I don't think both my, even my Zimbabwean education and my U.S. education did a good job in teaching me this skill that I think is very important career-wise or in life of not being afraid to look stupid, you know? Um, Because you have a lot of situations, especially at work, where maybe you have an idea you want to propose or maybe you want to champion something. And because education, the way it's done right now, it's just, you know, you have to do well. You constantly have to do well. There's not that space for you to just fail and Mm -hmm. try new things. You don't develop that, I guess, you know, that attitude of like, it's okay to look dumb you know yeah yeah so so yeah it's one thing i'm like yeah education failed me there how much help did you get from your school navigating i guess finding opportunities as an international student ah that is an excellent question um so at st lawrence in particular they had this um they had this program where you could apply for funding. For example, mm-hmm. if you find an internship over the summer and like, you know, most of the time, most of, most of us were just broke students, then <laughs> you can't afford to just to go to New York and yeah. find an apartment and start going to work, you know? <laughs> so they had a program where they could, you could apply. I think it will give you up to like 2,000, 3,000 bucks. Um, okay. Per month summer. or so, for the summer? No, well, there was some. <laughs> wow. Oh, so that limits yeah. where you're going to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does limit where you're going to be. Um, yeah. But like, it'll give you somewhere to start, at least, mm. if, especially if you know, like, you're going to do that. Some people would start making plans to save a little bit of money from their campus jobs. Um, okay. So I think that was helpful, like, at least with my first internship, because it was unpaid. Um, and I have all different thoughts about unpaid internships, but that could be a different <laughs> conversation. Um, but I had to get the experience, right, somehow. Mm. And uh, not having any money, I think that program um, really helped for me to actually think that this thing is possible. I don't have the money, but I can start somewhere. And of course, later on, I ended up starting borrowing money because it was not enough to live in New yeah. York City. Uh, yeah, that man, New York. Earning yeah. three thousand a month is not is not it. Like like even you have three thousand for the summer, three thousand a month. The whole summer, you, yeah. That's two and a half months, three <laughs> months or something. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so I think in that aspect, I would give them credit for that. But okay. I think uh, um, there's uh, so I I think there's if if there was anything I could suggest for them to change was to look into uh, situations for like international students, for instance, because uh, for an American student uh, mm-hmm. who's also meant to be disadvantaged economically, um, they could use that. But I think the advantage mm-hmm. sometimes being like, you know, you could have an auntie or a cousin or someone else who's in New York City 
in mm. in that particular example you could live with them you you may just maybe need money for for you to get on the subway or something uh but as an international student you're dealing with a whole different ball game because you don't know anyone at all so yeah. i think i think like taking into consideration um like you know like looking at different edge cases as to what what are people's background what people need and providing that type of help based on need i think would have been helpful career wise um there were networking events uh mm. which i commend them for but i didn't find them useful at all because i would show up to a networking event and you know i've i've been to, like i don't remember missing any networking event on campus wow. but none of them led to anything at all uh you get business cards from people mm-hmm. um and sometimes not necessarily you're looking for a job sometimes you're just looking for someone else to um help you with thoughts on how to play the game or even just to put your resume together to at least give you an edge as you're looking for opportunities mm-hmm. so it doesn't necessarily need me to like you know i come to you give me a job right away but even that that aspect of just getting that mentorship from for someone else i feel like it was sort of missing which i think um they could add that to say like you know networking event doesn't necessarily mean that we'll all give you jobs or internships mm. it could just be also a place where you find uh, like mentors which i think it's really really important um for someone else who doesn't know how the industry looks like or how to get into the industry True. um so that that was a part i think that was sort of lacking and i would uh, if there was any like suggestion box I was like you know you could you could add this this would be like helpful so from the career wise i don't think i um there was like a good program to say to help me prep for like you know um the industry for instance um so yeah so it was mostly like you know you just go with trial and error whatever works you you go with that but i wish there was like some sort of a path that helps you uh to gain more success either from networking events or just programs that could um you know create programs i know i know some schools have programs with like companies where uh let's say you have students from the finance department or econ department where mm-hmm. they give internships every summer for instance so if they were to uh scout for those type of opportunities i think that would be helpful as well so now nah, that's a long answer to the question but i think there's some <laughs> aspects some aspects they they did a good job in like you know supporting uh financially like in my specific case yeah, and then you have other aspects that are sort of lacking like things like mentorship and stuff so yeah now how was well, how was it for you well <clears throat> i'd say that there were resources available but most of them were not catered to international students So that was yeah so you know there was a career center and you know I get I got help with my my resume uh did the whole Myers Briggs and you know had mock interviews and stuff but there wasn't a lot of guidance for hey um as a you know beyond like the paperwork you need as an international student like you need to file for OPT or whatever yeah um <laughs> there wasn't help in terms of navigating the actual opportunities you should be looking out for that i got from i guess my my own personal you know network of people i knew who had already studied 
who were like, I guess, years ahead of me. Um, those are the people who turned out to be very, you know, instrumental in helping me find out opportunities I could apply for. So yeah, like, it's not like the school didn't do anything, but I guess it's also a case of if there's no, if there's no real advocate for international students, sometimes mm -hmm. some of these things won't, won't get done. So, you know, if there's no one probably on the board or the alumni mm -hmm. association, was really, I guess, really advocating for international students at at the at the school. Not a lot will be done. That that's just the the nature nature of it. Um, but they did help. I guess in as much as they could. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. That that that's that's my that's my <laughs> my short short answer. Yeah, I, I think uh, you framed it really well too. Um, yeah, I see. It's 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 uh, it's fascinating because um, I mean it's only one department and they're trying to get everybody a job true, <laughs> and true. You know, we all have uh, different uh, use cases for lack of a better word wow uh, you can't use use cases <laughs> such a such a programming term man come on yeah you know, different, um, you situations no <laughs> yeah situation works it works it works um um so switching gears a bit uh, yeah. so you've worked in the u.s you left and then you ended up to uh going back to zimbabwe how was that transition for you after being in the u.s for some time and going back home um how were you able to uh transition back um it was not a great transition i okay. think i've i've heard this is what i've heard when you go back home mm -hmm. having decided to go back home mm -hmm. you embrace or you accept that move you take that move much more i guess easily or better than if it just happened to be in a situation where you have to go back home, right? So there's there's a different mindset. So for me, after you know working for Morgan Stanley for this long, uh, I wanted to switch gears, decided to leave, and that automatically meant after you leave the U.S. in like 90 days or something like that. I don't know. Um, right. So yeah, it it wasn't a it wasn't planned. The but I guess I hadn't been home for almost five years at that point. And <clears throat> the biggest challenge is that, you know, in as much as you grow and you have all these new experiences, you know, people back home, you know, your country moves on as well and things change. And also you realize that even though you weren't, you know, like, I guess a resident of the U.S. You have, you had a life in the U.S. You had now friends there. Um, to this day, I think, like, even my strongest professional network is in the U.S. And you're now just back home where you have never lived as an adult. And you are clueless about what opportunities are actually available to you as a, with, with what you've learned. Look, me, I haven't been, I haven't done CS. I wasn't sure... You know, at that point, I wasn't sure when I went, whether I wanted to do software engineering, but at the same time, 
Um, you don't hear a lot of chatter about um, tech stuff. And really, mm -hmm. if you're going to a place like Zimbabwe right now, your mindset should be more entrepreneurial in terms of you shouldn't be trying to think of getting hired by someone. You should be trying to think of what can I do um, to do something by myself? And I was not in that mindset. So it was just a difficult transition in terms of now navigating, okay, what can I do here? Um, also, friendships, you know, most of your friends actually don't live in Zimbabwe. Um, you know, I didn't really, like there's, I only stayed in touch with like very few people um, that I, you know, that, that actually stayed in Zimbabwe. So now you have um, a much smaller um, circle of friends, which is fine. It's all about quality and not quantity. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That is true, yeah. That is true. Um, so yeah, it was, it was then also, you know, there are the struggles that come with moving from a developed country to a developing country. And mm -hmm. yeah, like going back to Zimbabwe, you're like, oh, I can't drink, I can't drink the tap water now. Um, electricity mm -hmm. is an issue. And yeah. they're all these like, <clears throat> they're not like, I guess, there are things you can adjust to, but they mm -hmm. haven't lived elsewhere. You know that, you know, life, life, life can't, like, you know, you know that this is not acceptable. I think you've now reached a point. Like, it's one thing to have never left the country and seen how other countries are run, how other people live. Um, but, it's, right. you know, once you've seen that and you come back and you just see just how, I guess, um, shitty things are to a certain extent in your own country, um, mm -hmm. it, 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 it hits you, I guess it hits you differently, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, it, it was a challenge, but what really worked well for me or was that there was a growing, there was kind of a movement to build a stronger community of return students. So other people who'd studied abroad and come back home and, you know, with those folks, you go have kind of similar experiences. So we'd hang out, we'd do like trivia night, like a local pub. Um, mm. So you had people who, you know, you can talk about certain things and you're kind of on the same page. So that definitely helped with the, with the, with the transition, transition back home. But the scary thing is, and, you know, I've been home twice now. Like, you know, I mm. went back that time, then I left and I came back again. Is that... That those like you know you still you still know the differences between where you were and back home, but you adjust very quickly. Mm. Um, so now, like I just recently moved to to Amsterdam now, and I was in Zim for almost a year, and right. there are still those issues <laughs> in Zim again. But yeah, the transition to, you know, I guess to here was so much quicker. Um, like it's frightening. It's I guess it's frightening for me, just how easy it is to make that switch from what you are dealing with in Zimbabwe to a new place where you don't have to deal with those issues. Right. Yeah. My conversation with Tendai continues. Look out for part two where we'll continue to unpack our thoughts. I figured that we're about to dive into other subjects beyond college. So I think we're going to have a dedicated uh, segment for that as well. 
Thank you for your continuous support and listening. Until next time, be safe and be kind to the person next to you. I am Felix Gondwe, and this is the Afro Nomad Show.